Okay, uh, the topic of the year, as you just heard, is our relationship to mitzvot that were given before Matan Torah. And specifically, uh, we're going to talk about Mila and Gid Hanasha. Gid Hanasha, of course, coming up in Pashas the Yishkach. The topic as a whole, I've touched on in different ways in my Sefer, Mitzvah Sashabbos, which I think is available on Hebrew books, Otsar Chachma, maybe even Wayu Torah. And that focuses on the evolution of the Mitzvah of Shabbos through the different stages in which it was formally presented to B'nai Israel and Mara at Olosh by the Man and at Matan Torah. But Shabbos is just one mitzvah that the Gemara refers to as having been given Lefnei Hadibur, before the Aseris Hadibros were spoken in Maimed HaSinai. Along with Shabbos, there were other mitzvahs given in Mara as well, such as Kibbut Aveim, and uh, the Gemara says that also was given in Mara. There were many mitzvahs given to B'nai Yisrael before Matan Torah, such as Kiddush HaChodesh, as we know, which was given just before B'nai Yisrael left Mitzrayim. Many of the mitzvahs that we have in Parshas Bo connected to Karben Pesach, eating matzah, not eating chametz, tefillin, many mitzvahs that were given before Matan Torah. Going back to the dawn of history, we have Shev Mitzvahs B'nai Noach, all of which overlap with Tayag Mitzvahs that we know of. And again, for today's shir, we're going to limit our focus to the two mitzvahs given to the Avos that we have from the Psukim in Sefer Bracious, the mitzvah of Mila given to Avram Avinu, and the mitzvah of Gidanasha given to Yaakov. Um, we know that the, uh, the story appearing in Parshas Vayishlach in connection to Yaakov wrestling with the angel of Esav, and the Torah says there, it's all of one pasuk. You have it in source number three. Um, the Torah mentions that there's a prohibition for B'nai Yisrael to eat Gidanasha, particular nerve, a sciatic nerve, a, a particular organ in the body that we don't eat. Um, and this is a lav in the Torah. Now, before we continue, it's important to notice a distinction between mitzvahs mila given to Avram Avinu. You have that in source number one and Gidanash, as we just noted in source number three. Um, the mitzvah of Mila that was given to Avram Avinu took effect immediately, and it's pretty clear from the fact that Avram Avinu himself circumcised himself and his extended family, Ishmael and everyone else in the family, and he was told that this is something that he has to do for generations to come. And so we know he also gave the Mila to Yitzchak at eight days, and it's all psukim in Pashas Lechacha, so the mitzvah certainly took effect then and there as he was commanded. And then there are many details of the mitzvah that appear in Parshas Lechacha. If you look carefully at the psukim, there's Yilid Bayis, those born in-house, Niknas Kesef, acquired slaves, and so on. So that would perhaps imply that our mitzvah that we keep today for Bismila goes back to Avram Avinu. But we also notice that the Torah repeats the mitzvah of Mila in Pashas Tazriya, source number two, where again the Torah mentions for a woman who gives birth to a male, she's tame for seven days, and then it says, There's a mitzvah on Yom HaShmini to do Mila. So we have the mitzvah Mila repeated again in Pashas, in Pashas Tazriya. By contrast, the mitzvah of Gedanashe appears only in Parshas Vayishlach, no second time in Chumash. And even the language is quite ambiguous. The Pasuk says, in connection to the story related there to Yaakov Avinu wrestling with the angel of Esau, Al-Kain, therefore, lo yochu b'nei Yisrael's and so on. 
that therefore Bnei Yisrael do not eat the Geranash. It doesn't say as explicitly as we would want the Torah to emphasize that there is an actual prohibition. Um, it just says that Bnei Yisrael don't eat it. Um, and even granting that it is a formal negative prohibition, a lav, the question is, when did this take effect? Does the Torah mean to suggest that there was an Isser in place from that point on, just as we saw with Abraham Avinu Brismila, the mitzvah took effect immediately. So the Torah says from then and on, there is already an Isser for Bnei Israel. We'll see then what Bnei Israel will mean for Bnei Israel, probably literally the children of Yaakov. Yaakov's name was changed to Israel, and the Malach told him as such. So therefore, they don't eat the Gidanasha, and that is something immediately that took effect. Or should we suggest, as we'll soon see in the Mishnais, that the Torah is giving us the Isser for post-Matan Torah. The Torah just gives us the connection, the association with the story in Chumash, that the, therefore the prohibition connects back to that story, but the prohibition did not, in fact, begin at this point in time. And of course, the, the word Bnei Yisrael would be relevant here because if Bnei Yisrael means the children of Yaakov, so that means that it could actually refer to Yaakov Yisrael at this point in time. If Bnei Yisrael is what it usually means in Chumash, then you would suggest that this refers to Bnei Yisrael post-Matan Torah. Um, and therefore, again, we have to know the relationship between the mitzvah's Mila today for us vis-a-vis Avram Avinu's mitzvah and so too with regard to Gedanasheh, should we view Matan Torah as a new paradigm and our relationship to mitzvahs such as these mitzvahs specifically relates to Matan Torah or does the tzivoy that existed then assuming that it was a tzivoy then does that itself become the basis for our obligation today so let's begin with a Mishnah in Chulin this is source number 4 the Mishnah Chulin has a machokis between a Yehuda and the Chachamim with regard to whether the Isser Giranash applies for a non-kosher animal. The Mishnah begins with the opinion of the Tanakama, noeg b'tahora no noeg b'tmeya, which means that if a person eats the Giranash of an animal which is non-kosher, they do not violate the Isser Giranash, they violate the Isser of eating non-kosher animal. But there is no specific Isser Giranash on a behemoth tmeya, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees, and he says, af tmeya. Even for an animal which is non-kosher, there's an isagidanash as well. You'd have, therefore, separate surim for such a situation. Now, Rabbi Yehuda brings a raya proof to his shita, and he says the following. Ba'lo mibnei Yaakov nesagidanashe. We know that the isagidanashe, says Rabbi Yehuda, already became applicable at the time of Yaakov Avinu, at which time there was not yet an iser of behemoth tmeya. So clearly at that point in time, the Isagiranasha would just as well be relevant for Behemoth Tmeya because there was no difference in halacha at that point between Behemoth Tmeya and Behemoth Tahora. So Rehuda says, by extension, therefore, even for us, the Isser is as much relevant for Behemoth Tmeya as the Behemoth Tahora. These are, this is Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. And the Chachamim respond with the following words Amrulo, Bisinai Namar, Elashinechtabim Komo. It was said at Sinai, but was written in its location in Parashas Vayishlach. Now, how do we understand this machokes? What are the Chacham responding to Rabbi Yehuda, and what is the machokes all about? So if we look at Rashi, the simple way to understand this machokes, as Rashi explains it for us, it says Rashi, Amrulo, source number five, this is the response of the Chacham to Rabbi Yehuda, Pasuk Zesh is hero love, the Sinai Nema, the Ad Sinai Lo Huzaru, 
In other words, the Chachamah disagreeing fundamentally with the time in which Gidan became Asr. Rabbi Yehuda says it was Asr from the time of Yaakov Avinu, meaning referring to that time in that generation. And therefore, since it applied to Behemoth Tmeya, then it remains as such for us today. But the Chacham say no. Until Sinai, there was no Isser. After it was said at Sinai, the Kasav, the Sida Moshe, Torah, So it puts this Pasik in connection to the story in Chumash when we would associate the reason for the Isser, and therefore Bnei Yisrael from Matan Torah and on. This is, according to Rashi, the basis for the Machokis of Yudna Chachamim, if in fact there was an Isser Gedanashe prior to Matan Torah. Now, there's a Gemara that relates to this point as well. The Gemara raises a question just after the Mishnah. How can Rabbi Yehuda hold that you can have two Isurim simultaneously that exist? The rule is, ain't Isser Chalo Isser. How can you have an Isser, Giranasha, taking effect if you have an Isser, Behemoth Tmeya, already? And that's a rule generally in Shas that typically we don't have one Isser take effect on top of the other. The Gemara has a whole discussion on this question. Perhaps one Isser came before. Maybe they came at the same time. And the Gemara ends up saying the following. Basically, the Gemara concedes that the Isa Tmeya came first at a certain earlier point in the development of the, of the uh, embryo, you could say, of the bay, of the, of the animal. There's an Isa, the Hema Tmeya. But the Isa Gid has the ability to take effect even though there was a pre-existing Isa of non-kosher. And the reason, says the Gemara, is because Shekeni Sur Nod B'Bnei Noach. Because since Kai Yisrael had a status of B'Nei Noach before Matan Torah, and there was an Isser for Rabbi Yehuda already then at the time of Yaakov Avinu. And because this Isser has a certain stringency, Gidanasha, that it existed already, the Isser that we speak of today already existed before Matan Torah. That is why it can take effect over pre-existing Isser such as Behemoth Tmeya. So Rashi explains, source number seven on this. What is the chumra of Yehuda, And that is exactly Rabbi Yehuda's logic in the Mishnah. So what he's trying to show is, given the fact that the Yisagid existed already then at the time of Yaakov, therefore that stringency allows it to take effect on a pre-existing Easter that exists for us. It didn't exist for them, Easter Tmeya, but it exists for us. But because of the Chumrah of the Easter of Giranasha that existed before Matan Torah, therefore it can take effect on top of a pre-existing Easter. So for now, we have a very simple way to understand the Machlokes, Rabbi Yehud and the Chachamim. Specifically, does the Easter Giranasha apply, did it apply before Matan Torah? It says Rabbi Yehud, it, it did. Because of that chumrah that it has, that this existed before, it takes effect even on Behemoth Tmeya for us. <clears throat> and again, you see over there at the Isser at the time that it was given, it took effect even on Isser Tmeya. There was no Isser at all of a Behemoth Tmeya. And therefore, for us as well, it will take effect on an Isser that we do have of Behemoth Tmeya. The Chachamim, on the other hand, hold no. The entire Isser never existed prior to Matan Torah. And since we have Therefore, an Issa ready, a behemoth Tmeya, there's no way that you can have an Issa gear taking effect on top of that, and it never existed before anyway to talk about the fact that it in theory should exist on a behemoth Tmeya, and therefore that's the basis for the Machokas. The Rambam has a very different way of understanding the Machokas, and this is, of course, going to speak to the heart of the issue that we're going to try to discuss today. 
the famous Rambam in Pirish Mishnayis in Chulin learns differently in what the Chachamim are disagreeing with Rabbi Huda. According to the Rambam, there is no disagreement with regard to whether there was an Isagir Anasha that existed at the time of Yaakov Avinu and before Matan Torah. That, everybody agrees, would in fact have been the case. There was an Isa. What do the Chachamim mean when they respond to Rabbi Yehuda's argument and they say that the Sinai Nehmar Komo explains the Rambam with very fundamental principle, and he's going to expand the, the issue to discuss not just Gedanasha, but also Brismila, as well as other Isurim of Bnei Noach. Pay attention to the very fundamental principle that this Mishnah is teaching us. The Rambam gives us the Sinai Nesar, but he explains as follows. We understand. You understand. All that we distance ourselves from, or that which we fulfill today, it is only as a result of the mitzvah of a Kaddish Baruch Hu to Moshe, but not not because Hashem gave this mitzvah to people, to prophets prior to Moshe. And he goes on, starting with Eber Menachai, that we know is given to Noach, which is one of the Shemites of Noach, says the Rambam, that which we abstain from Eber Menachai is not because of that which Hashem prohibited to Noach, but because Hashem prohibited it to us at Sinai. Let's just quickly say the Rambam, we'll go back to the language itself more carefully later. The Rambam goes on to another example of Bismila. He says that which we do not do, that which we perform Bismila is not because Avraham Avinu performed Bismila as per his tzivoy that he received from Hashem, but rather because of the tzivoy that Hashem gave to Moshe Rabbeinu. And so it is with Gid Hanashe, Enanu Hochem Acha Issa Yaakov, El Mitzvah Moshe Rabbeinu. Hagotira, we, we, we find Chazal tell us, your Tayag mitzvahs never Moshe b'Sinai, and therefore for the Rambam, it would seem that the Yisod of the Chachamim is something very fundamental. When we have mitzvahs that precede Matan Torah, we don't look at the source of the mitzvah, of the commandment, of our commitment to the mitzvah as relating back to the original command, but rather it has to be viewed through the prism of Tayag mitzvahs, Shem Moshe b'Sinai. Which means, for the Rambam, that the machlokis of Yudah Chacham is a very different machlokis. It's not that they're arguing with regard to whether there was a mitzvah applicable then at, at the time of Yaakov Avinu. According to the Rashi's pshat, that itself is the machlokis. Rabbi Yudah says yes, the Chacham say no. For the Rambam, the Chacham would very well agree that there was an Isser at the time of Yaakov Avinu. But the fact that we keep Giranasha is a totally different Isser. It's not the Isser of before. For example, when the Gemara says that the reason Rabbi Yehuda allows the Isser Gedanasha to take effect on top of a pre-existing Isser of Behemoth Tmeya is because it's an Isser Chamor that existed before. For the Rashi, it's obvious that the Chacham don't view it as an Isser Chamor because there was no Isser before. For the Rambam, the answer is a little different. For the answer, Rambam, the answer is it's not the same Isser. The Isser before was the Isser before, but that doesn't do with us. Our Isser is, you could say, a new paradigm the Isser through Moshe Rabbeinu, and from that perspective, we have to look through 
this prism of Moshe Rabbeinu and say we have already existing Isser of Behemoth Tamea. We don't have the right to have Isser Asha take effect on top of that Isser. And the fact that beforehand we find that the Isser did exist on, on Behemoth Tamea has no relevance to us today because our relationship to the Isser Anashta is not defined through the prism of the Isser given to Yaakov, but through the prism of the Isser given to Moshe Rabbeinu. This is what the Rambam seems to say. Now, there is an interesting Gemara in Sanhedrin, Dafnun Tesamid Aleph, which is really a sugya that could really uh, require many shiurim. So we're not really doing justice in any form or shape to even mention it, but just to allow us to understand a little bit of the Shakavitari there as it relates back to Bris Mila and then the relationship between the two mitzvahs, Mila and Gedanashe, and we'll come back and see more about this. So the sugya is as follows. The Gemara tries to understand when we assume a mitzvah that appears in Chumash before Matan Torah in connection to Bnei Noach, when we would assume that after the Torah is given, that mitzvah exists for Bnei Noach, or does it exist only for us? And the rule is as follows, says the Gemara on Suhas Rabbi Noin, Daphne Tess in Sanhedrin. Rabbi Yossi Rabchanina taught the following, Kom mitzvah she'nemra l'Bnei Noach. If the mitzvah appears before Matan Torah, given l'Bnei Noach, v'nishnei spesinai. And then the mitzvah appears a second time, after Matan Torah in Chumash, then we assume that the mitzvah right now exists for Jews and for non-Jews. If the mitzvah appears before in one time in Chumash, but not a second time after Matan Torah, then we assume that the mitzvah is limited, now that we have Sinai, the mitzvah is limited to Kal Yisrael and not B'nai Noach, even though it's written Chumash beforehand. It might have existed then for Bnei Noach, but now it only exists for Kal Yisrael. What's the example given in the Gemara? The Gemara gives this sheet of Rabbi Yehuda as the example of a mitzvah that's stated before Matan Torah. And we know today it only remains an Isur for Kal Yisrael and not Bnei Noach, even though you could say the status then of Bnei Yaakov was B'nai Noach, but as far as we're concerned right now, there is no Isra for B'nai Noach to eat Gedanashe, because the mitzvah was stated only once and not repeated. Rashi explains, according to Rabbi Yehuda, who says that there was an Isra Gedanashe then, this is Rashi Lishitaso, that existed then before Matan Torah, and they were B'nai Noach, but Rabban argue and say that it never existed at all at that point, it was only meant to be put there for the context of the story, but it really was mentioned after Matan Torah, so you can't speak of it as having been mentioned or existing before Matan Torah. For the Rambam, of course, it would have to mean that there was an Isser before Matan Torah. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's the same Isser, you could say, for us, but we say that B'nai Noach no longer have that Isser. Only Kaiso has that Isser, that same Isser that existed before, it no longer exists for B'nai Noach, only for Kaiso. That's the Gemara. Now, the Gemara asks the following question. So we, the, we mentioned one example of a mitzvah that was said, Libne Noach, and not repeated at Sinai. And we say the mitzvah is limited to Kal Yisrael. So the only example we gave was Geranasha. Asks the Gemara, what about Mila? Hare Mila, Noach. Now, that mitzvah was repeated at Sinai. V'nishnei Sinai. U'vayomash Yimo. And we see there as well that Yisrael Nemra Bnei Noach. We see even a mitzvah that was repeated at Sinai does not 
remain an Isra for B'nai Noach. And you said that if it's repeated at Sinai, it's given also for B'nai Noach and for Kai Yisrael. But you see here, an example of a mitzvah that was repeated at Sinai, and it's only B'nai, only B'nai Yisrael who are mitzvah, who are commanded in this mitzvah. And says the Gemara, no, no, that's not called it was repeated at Sinai. The fact that the Torah mentions it again in Parashat Tazriah is for a particular detail. Ha'hu l'mishri Shabbos huda'asa. Biyom ba'afilu b'Shabbos. It says, u'bayom ha'shmini, which is a drasha, u'bayom ha'shmini, that even on Shabbos, which is normally an iser melacha to do bris mila, the Torah says, a mila is doche Shabbos, and the Torah is telling me that chidush in Parashat Tazriah, but it's not called that the Torah repeated the mitzvah. The mitzvah was stated once, and there's a detail that the Torah lets you in on in the other Pasuk in Parashat Tazriah. The Gemara has a similar question and answer regarding Purvarivya that was mentioned for Bnei Noach, Ba'atem Puravu, and seems to be repeated at Sinai, and the Gemara says that's not really called repeated, it's also for a particular reason that the Torah tells it to you again. Then the Gemara asks the following question. So now, according to this, the mitzvah's mila was not really repeated at Sinai. It's just a detail the Torah fills in. If that's the case, why do we only mention Gidanoshe as the one example of a, of a mitzvah that was said only before Matan Torah and not repeated? We have mila as well. Because you have mila and you have pruavu that we say is not considered a repetition. It's just mentioned for a particular reason, for a detail. Sigmar says, yes, but there's still a difference. The fact is, there is a second mention of that mitzvah for a reason. Gidanasha has no repeat in any way, even for any detail. There's only the one mention and the one pasuk, and that's all. And therefore, we mention that as the only example. That's one answer. The other answer, Gemara says that really Avram Avinu's mitzvah's mila was, you could say, for the Zerah Avram, which goes on to us, that speaks to us as well, which means that it's not called it was Nehmer of Noach, because ultimately we are Zerah Avram. So as Rashi explains in the next source, Rashi says what the Gemara is answering in the second answer is that mila is Lav Levnei Noach Nehmer. Even before Sinai, it was a Zerah Avram mitzvah, and we are Zerah Avram. So what you see in this Gemara, according to this Gemara, as read by Rashi, this Mila that we fulfill is, in a sense, also connected to the Tzivoy given to Zerah Avram. We are Zerah Avram as well, and therefore that's not called Nemra Lubnei Noach. It's Nemra to us because of Avram Avinu and the fact that we are progeny of Avram Avinu. Now, does that mean that when we fulfill bris mila, we are really going back to the tzivoy of Avram Avinu, as it would appear from this Gemara. So there is a very interesting shakavitaria in the Gemara Shabbos Kuf Lamed Hay that seems to hinge on this issue, especially the way the Rav Chaim, as we'll soon see, explains a Rambam. The Gemara has the following halacha, source number 13. The Gemara says, if the woman gives birth to a male and she is not going to have the halacha of the seven days of Tumas Leda that the Torah speaks about. So then there won't be halacha of Brias on the eighth day. Because the Pasuk juxtaposes 
the fact that a woman who gives birth to a boy, and, uh, and then it says, so we're going to link the two issues together and say only when the woman is, for example, if it was a natural birth, not a cesarean, that's when there'll be a din of a mila bayomashmini. But if there'll be no din of Tumas Leda, there'll be no din of Mila Bayomashmini. Asks Abaye, Omale Abaye, how could you say such a halacha, Ravasi? Look at the earlier generations, pre-Matan Torah. She'en imo Leda. The clearly was no din of Tumas Leda before the Torah was given. That's a halacha that the Torah created in the din of the, din of the Torah. And yet the din was the Torah that we know that there was Allah of Nimal Shmona. The Pasik says in Parshas Lechicha that there's a din to do Mila Bishmona. There was not yet any, any halacha of Tumas Leda. This is sort of reminiscent of Rabbi Yehuda's argument by Gidan Nasha by Behemotmeya. Says the Gemara, asks Abaye, you see that you don't one issue is not dependent on the other. You can have din of Yomashmini from Mila even without the din of Tumas Leda. Omale, Ravasi responds the following words. Nitna Torah Nishacha Halacha. Nitna Torah Nishacha Halacha. Let's look at Rashi just on this, as we see just below. Rashi explains, The example of Yodzei Dolphin is a Syrian section. That you don't wait for eight days, you do the Mila right away. Those who shown him, the Avram Adnatan Torah, that you had Mila without Tumas Leda. Says Rav Asi, Nitna Torah Nishacha Halacha. In other words, when you have the Torah being given, it changes the, the reconfigures the whole mitzvah, and now the halach of Yom Hashmini will depend on Tumas Leda, even though beforehand it didn't. That seems to be the Pashib Shat and the Gemara's answer. Comes out now, we don't look. <clears throat> now we have to define the mitzvah through what the Torah says. The Gemara asks Akasha on this. Any, but we have a brisa. We have a statement by Itma Yotze Dofen Mishiyeshu Shte Arlos. Rapuna Bravchia Barav have a disagreement in these two cases. Yotze Dofen is a cesarean section, or Yeshu Shte Arlos. Chadam Machalim of the Shabbos, but Chadam Ei Machalim. So what Machok is whether you can do Mila on Shabbos. So the Gemara says Ad Kan Lopigi El Chalim Sa Shabbos. The question seems to be only whether you Machal Shabbos. It sounds like, let's say, Yotze Dofen, a Caesarian birth, would have Mila B'yom Hashmini, even though there's no Tumas Leda. It's only a question of Chil Shabbos. Sigmar answers, no, 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 Haba Hatalia. The issues are linked one with the other. In other words, the din of Yom Hashmini and the din of being Doche Shabbos is one and the same halacha. If the halacha is that there'll be a, there'll be a, Din of Yom Hashmini, then there'll be a din of Din Doche Shabbos. If the halacha is it's not Yom Hashmini, then you won't be Doche Shabbos. That's how Rashi explains the Gemara. Now we get to a Rambam. The Rambam seems to paskin against the maskan of this Gemara at first glance. The Rambam seems says in Halacha Perik Aleph of Milchus Nila Halacha Yud Yud Aleph, the Rambam brings examples of cases where you'll do a bris Nila on Yom Hashmini, but it won't be Doche Shabbos. The Rambam gives examples for Kishem Shemilas Abadim Doche Shabbos Kach Milas Abadim Sheinimolim Lishmon Doche Shabbos Chutz Milid Bayis Yilot Tavra Imar Chiyoda. If the baby was born before the mother went through the Tefila to be the full status of being a Gioris, she's a Shifcha, 
So then there's a halacha of Yom Hashmini, but no halacha of Doche Shabbos. Another example in the next halacha is Yodzei Dofen. The Ramam says Yodzei Dofen, the Syrian birth, would have a din of Yom Hashmini, but no din of being Doche Shabbos. And the question is, why does the Ramam dis- differentiate between the issue of Yom Hashmini, yes, but Doche Shabbos not? Seemingly, we said the Yodzei Dofen would not have Tumas Leda, and therefore would not have Doche Shabbos, and would often also not have Yom Hashmini. The Rambam here splits it. The Rambam seems to assume that you would have a din of Yom Hashmini, but you wouldn't have a din of being Doche Shabbos, even though the Gemara seems to say Haba HaTalia, as we just read. So Rav Chaim said something very interesting. The Rav Chaim says, how do we understand the Gemara's kasha of Doros HaRishonim Yolchichu? Abaya had a kasha on Rav Asi. Rav Asi establishes that if there is no Tumas Leda, there is no Din of Yom Hashmini. Asks Abaye, but what about Doros Horishonim? So one way to understand the, the Kasha is, you see that the two issues are not linked. You see that you can have a Mila Yom Hashmini even without Tumas Leda, and therefore your equation falls apart. That's the simple way to read the Gemara. Rav Chaim suggested a different way of reading the Gemara's Kasha, what Abaye meant to ask. And says Rav Chaim, the Rambam Paskins like Abaye's question and not like the Gemara's Teretz of Doros HaRishonim Yolchich, of Nitna Tov Nishchat Halacha. Look a few lines into the source of Rav Chaim. He says, you could explain the Gemara that, 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 that the Gemara, Abaye is not trying to prove from Doros HaRishonim that you don't link Milas Shemini with Tumas Leda. That's not what he means. Abayi doesn't argue on the fact that there is a basis to connect the two issues. Really, Yudrasha is very fine drasha, Ravasi. Really, the halacha of Yom Hashmini should depend on if there's Tumas Leda. But that's the parasha in Tazriya. But don't forget, there's another section in Chumash that also gives us the mitzvah Mila, And that's parasha's Lechacha. Says Abaye, those who are shodim yochichu, says Rav Chaim Shem, to ask Horas Mila, have a nimra v'nishnes. It appears in Lechacha, it appears in Tazria. It was said to Avram, it was said to Moshe. The Avram's Ashara to Avram includes all of Zerah Avram, even B'nai Keturah, for example. Ashara's Moshe is obviously limited to Kal Yisrael. The din of Yom Hashmini was stated in both contexts. Din Shmona Nemar Bishneyen, Uven Shmona's Yamin. It says in Parshas Lechacha, B'nai Keturah, for example, would have a Mila by Yom Hashmini. Says Abaye, I grant you that with regard to the mitzvah that the Torah tells me in Parshas Tazriah, you should not have a din of Yom Hashmini in a case of a Yodzei Dofen because the woman, the mother, is not Tmei But with regard to the mitzvah that we see in Parshas Lechacha, there's still a mitzvah that we should fulfill Mila because of that mitzvah of Parashas Lechacha, and there the Torah doesn't connect the two issues. There's no context of Tumas Leda there. There's just the din of Yom Hashmini by itself, and therefore without Tumas Leda, there's still a din of Yom Hashmini with the Parashas Lechacha. That is the Kasha of Abaye. Comes Rav Asi and answers, that the fact is, when it comes to Yisrael, the standards are different. B'nei Keturah might be B'nei Keturah, but Kral Yisrael, we have to follow the Drash and Pashas Tazriah, and we ignore Pashas Lechacha. 
says Rav Chaim, the Rambam paskins, not like the answer given in the Gemara by Ravasi, but Rambam paskins like the Kasha Vabaye. He goes not with Nitna Tovah but with the Kasha of Doros Hashanah Yochicha, which the Rambam interpreted to mean that we have a basis to do Brismila with Parshas Lechicha, because in that context, there is no connection between Mitzvah Mila Bishmini and the, the drasha that you'd say that you need a Tumas of the mother. It's a halacha regardless. And that's the Rambam's basis of why he could say Yotzei Dofen will have on the one hand the din of Yom Hashmini, but he won't have the din of being Dochis Shabbos. Because the din of being Dochis Shabbos is, of course, derived from the Pasuk in Parshas Tazriya. Uvayom Hashmini Afilu B'Shabbos. And since we're not using that drasha, that Pasuk, as the basis for such a Chiyuv Shmini, because from the perspective of Parshas Tazriya, we wouldn't have a Mitzvah Smila B'Shmini in a case of a Yodzei Dofen, because there is no Tumas Leida, and therefore there's no Minah Yom Hashmini. So the Rambam has to use Parshas Rechacha. If the Rambam uses Parshas Rechacha, then he's not going to have that din of din midoches Shabbos because the din of midoches Shabbos is learned out from Parshas Tazriah. And therefore the Rambam has a very firm basis to paskin that you can have a din of Yom Hashmini even though you don't have a din of being doches Shabbos because the Rambam looked to Parshas Lechacha as the Bechayiv in Bris Mila in a case like this. Again, you can see the rewards of Chaim, of course, inside as he develops it, but in a nutshell, that is Rav Chaim's approach, which means, according to this explanation of the Rambam, the Rambam is telling us that when it comes to Bris Mila, you still have the tzivoy of Avraham Avinu, that is to say, Pashas Lechacha, as an independent mechaev in generating a chiv brismila with nafkaminas, as we said, in a case like the Ramam has, where you won't have the din of being Doche Shabbos, but you will have the din of Nila B'Yom Hashmini, even though from the perspective of Pashas Tazriah, we would not have any din of Yom Hashmini at all. But the Ramam is willing to look to Pashas Lechacha as a makor, for brismila today, even though Parshas Tazviah doesn't allow us to come away with a mitzvah Mila Bishmini in a case like that. So what are we to make of this? After all, does that not contradict the Rambam and Pirsha Mishnais? That's a major question of Chaim's explanation of the Rambam here. If the Rambam wrote in Pirsha Mishnais, as we saw earlier, regarding Gedanashtah and Mila and Eva Menachai, that our connection to those mitzvahs is not through the through the prism of the tzivoy that was given at the time when those mitzvahs applied, and the Rambam connects that to Ephraim Nachai B'Bnei Noach, and Bris Mila of Avram Avinu, and Gidanasha of Yaakov, which the Rambam holds did exist, not the way Rashi learned, but that the Chacham agreed that it existed before. But in effect, you would say, there's a new paradigm right now of the Torah, and we no longer look to the tzivoy of before, and here, Rav Chaim is learning Pshan the Rambam that there could be a din of Yom Hashmini without being Doches Shabbos based on Rechacha, based on the Tzivoy of Doros Rishonim. How do we square Rav Chaim's Pshan the Rambam with the Rambam himself in Pirsha Mishnais? And the answer probably has to do with the fact that we're not reading the Pirsha Mishnais correctly. People like to quote this and just assume he means what I just said, that there's an entirely new slate, clean slate. There is no remnant left of the earlier tzivoy because the Torah creates a new machayev. There is no shaykhist to the earlier situation. But the truth is that Rambam's language is more nuanced than that. And if you go back for a second to the language of the Rambam in source eight, let's take a look closer, a closer look at the words themselves. Again, they're in translation of the Arabic, but the gist of it we'll be able to get. The Rambam says, again, in source number eight, 
It's not because Hashem Osar Oso Noach. Not that we don't, we abstain from Ibn Achai because Hashem forbade Noach. Ella, Lafisha Moshe Osar Oleno Ibn Achai, the Meshet Siva Sinai, she is Kayan Isra Ibn Achai. Notice the language. It's not that the Torah ignores the previous system, it's that the Torah is telling us that we are not to abstain, we are to abstain from Menachai based on the fact that the Torah says, she is kayen isr ev Menachai. Similarly, kemo ken enu no molin b'fesh Avram mo atfum v'ashebeso. It's not that we do mila because Avram Avinu did it and he had a tzivoy. El mesha kashbochu tziva osano ayde moshe shenamo, in a few more words that are missing, kemo shemal Avram. I don't know why I didn't put it in. Kemo shemal Avram. V'chein gina nashe, the Rambam is not saying that we totally ignore the earlier tzivoy. It's that we have to reckon with the fact that the Torah is affirming and validating and speaking to that earlier tzivoy, and we have to hear the Torah's voice con- converging with the earlier tzivoy as well. Now, how exactly should we frame this and formulate it? It's a few ways that one can perhaps think about it. And here's where I think I'm, we can leave ourselves with a few, few different possibilities. And again, come back to Rav Chaim and understand Rav Chaim's point. There is a Rambam in Hilchus Malachim regarding Zayim Mitzvah B'nai Noach, a very famous Rambam, that tells us that a person to be a Ger Toshav, which gives them certain privileges in Eretz Yisrael, to be able to have residency status and certain other privileges that were supposed to sustain them and give them Chizok and Chiyus. So that, that means they're Mekabal Shev Mitzvah B'nai Noach. And they're considered Chasidei Uma Sa'olam, they get Chelk Olam Haba. But the Rambam adds a caveat. He says, that in order for this status to be real and for them to have all the privileges in this world and the next world, what needs to happen is that they are makabel those mitzvahs, the yasha osan, the pnei shetziva bahen hakadosh baruchu batora, vahodi anu ayide moshe abeinu shebnei noach mikodem nitztabu bahen. The Rambam is telling us that it's not sufficient for, let's say, a Ben Noach to say, I am observing these mitzvahs because of the morality that they have, the universal morality, and the idea that I connect myself with the universal morality of Kodemat and Torah, of Noach. The Rambam wants us to understand that the Ben Noach has to see the mitzvah as relating to Moshe Rabbeinu, but even as the Rambam says that, notice how the Rambam formulates his language. It's because Hakadosh Baruch Hu Tziva Batora Vahodi Anu Ayidei Moshe Shebene Noach Nitztavu Bahen. So the Rambam is formulating a very nuanced way of looking at it. It's not that we are dismissing what was before. It's that the Torah is informing and enlightening us about the fact that there is a pre-existing tzivoy and the Torah is validating that tzivoy of B'nai Noach. But we have to see that tzivoy as having been, you might say, certified, validated, and, 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 and seen through the prism of Moshe Rabbeinu. The Rambam continues in, 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 or also in Hilchus Yisurei where he talks about Ger Toshav, he says, And that is what makes him Chasidi Umos Olam. And the Arsameach draws a direct connection between the Rambam here, by Ger Toshav, as well as in Uchis Molachim, by Ger Toshav, and the Rambam in Pirish and Mishnayis in Chulin. 
says the Orsameach Kivan Rabbeinu, Umashabir Bilchas Molachim, she Kabelo son, Mitnesha Tsiba Ben Akadish Baruchu, Baldi Anu Adi Moshe Rabbeinu, and and he says, Uyan Bepirisha Mishnaith and Chulan, she Gam Yisrael, Eina Mitsubin, Bemigo Aidea Avram, the Gananasha de Yaakov, Rakhnishin Stavadi Moshe. So according to the Orsameach, there's a direct equation between what the Rambam wrote about B'nai Noach Mitzvahs, that they have to assume that they're doing it because Moshe Rabbeinu taught us that there was a Tzivoya B'nai Noach, and they understand that Moshe Rabbeinu is a force to reckon with with regard to how we know about this Tzivoya B'nai Noach. And that is what Rambam is saying in Gari Gidon Hashem knew as well, not that we're dismissing the Tzivoya before, but the, the, that we understand that Tzivoya and we, we, we embrace it because Hashem said through Moshe that we should embrace it. So when the Torah validates the tzivoy, that's what makes the tzivoy remaining in effect. Without the Torah stepping in, then maybe we wouldn't be able to go back to Avram Avinu or go back to Yaakov Avinu. I have a muscle that I would like to bring in this connection. And that has to do with the Indian that I discussed in my Sefer of the mitzvah of Shabbos in Mara. We know that Shabbos was one of the Aserah Sadebros, but it was also given prior to Matan Torah. And the Pasuk says in Vashchanan, Shamaras Yom HaShabbos Kadisho, you should observe Shabbos. The Torah adds four more words. The Torah adds four words with regard to Mitzvah Shabbos. And the Torah also does it regarding Kibbutz of the Aim. Chazal interpret those four words as a reference to the commandment in Mara. Now, what is the status of the mitzvahs of Mara at the time that they were given? Well, the Maral in the Gurarye, in the connection to answering Akash of Tosus in, 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 in Shabbos Pesayin Amibes, he explains that the mitzvahs of Mara had the status of mitzvahs b'nei Noach, and he compares it explicitly to Mila of Avram Avinu, Gidanasha of Yaakov, you see in the bold in source 22, and Zamitzvah b'nei Noach. And he explains that you cannot view the mitzvahs of Mara since there was not yet an explicit reference to those mitzvahs, except that the Torah tells you that they had mitzvahs, but you don't really know what they were. So it can't view, be viewed as Torah yet. It can't be viewed as the mitzvahs of Klai Yisrael. It's, connect, it's, it's like mitzvahs b'nei Noach. But wait a second. How could the Mara say that the status of these mitzvahs of Mara were b'nei Noach if the Torah itself is saying, observe Shabbos, that means that the Torah is valid, is telling you that you commanded to do Shabbos like I commanded you in Mara. That means that there is a basis to view the mitzvahs in Mara as mimachayivas. And that's a similar type of a question that we asked with Rav Chaim regarding the brismila of Yom Hashmini based on Pashas Lechacha. But the answer, I think, is one and the same. What the Maral is saying is at the time that they were given, that's a chidush of the Maral, that they weren't viewed as part of Matan Torah at the time they were given. That moment in Mara was mitzvahs of B'nai Noach. They were like Giranasha, they were like Mila. But when the Torah comes later and says, Shomar, Siyom HaShabbos, Kashet Sivcha Kecha, it's no different than the Torah saying that B'nai Noach have to keep the mitzvahs that I'm telling you because I'm telling you that they were commanded beforehand, and I want you to keep those mitzvahs that I'm telling you they were commanded before, or Rav Chaim saying that there's a mitzvah to keep because the Torah has now taken that under its wings and made that it's a, a continued mechaev even after Matan Torah. So it remains a parallel track within Torah because the Torah has taken that mitzvah and 
acknowledged for us that we should do Mila like Avram Avinu. So we still have the parasha of Lechecha even after Matan Torah as well. And so it is with Gidanasha of the Rambam. The Rambam is not saying we ignore the Tzivoya before. The Rambam is saying that we have to see it as being validated, as being highlighted, as, as continuing to function for us because the Torah said so. But that, of course, is different than saying that it's just the Tzivoya before and it's not what we have Right now, it's an entirely different paradigm. A riot to this idea is the Rambam in Hilchus Molochem Tes, where the Rambam talks about the evolution of mitzvahs. Very interesting Rambam, how he gets to Taryag, and he speaks about how there were six mitzvahs given to Adam, and then Eva Menachai was another mitzvah that Noach got, and that gives us seven. Then the Rambam tells us about the Ovos, and how every one of the Ovos continues uh, contributed to the building of the idea of Tariag Mitzvahs, you could say. Avram Avinu comes along, and he was Mitzvah with Bris Mila. He also Davin Shachris. That's also part of building the relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, But he got Bris Mila. Yitzchak was Mafish Meiser and added Mincha. Yaakov hosted Giranasha Bispal Arvis. The Mitzrayim, says the Rambam, there were Mitzvahs that Amram was commanded, whatever that refers to, discussion. And then the Rambam adds these words, And until Moshe Rabbeinu came, and then Torah was finished and completed through Moshe. Now, at first glance, you read the words of the Rambam, you get the impression that basically Torah was a process. Till you get to Taryag, you have mitzvahs that were given, and then you have more mitzvahs, and more mitzvahs, and all you have in, in, in Taryag is what was remaining after what was before, which means that everything we do now is really accumulation of before, and then we add on with what the Torah gave us at Sinai, which is, of course, totally contradicting the Rabban Pirish and Mishnayis, who says that we have to look at everything through, through Moshe Rabbeinu. So how do you square the Rambam in Pirish and Mishnayis and Chulim with the Rabban Hilchas Malachim that says Nishkum Torah Yadav? But obviously, the answer has to speak to Nishkama Torah Yado doesn't mean that we remain chayiv through what was before and the Torah leaves it alone as if the Torah says that was, you know, we're not, we're not even going there. You, the Torah began then and the Torah continues now. It had to be that the Torah had to take the Tzivuyama before and tell you, this is what I'm telling you to continue to do. The Torah embraces the Tzivoya before Matan Torah, and the Nishlema is that since the Torah has allowed those mitzvahs now to rise to another level, that the Torah has given it its stamp, it now becomes part of the Torah's framework of Taryag. So that's why it's called Nishlema Torah Aliyado. But if we were to see it as a totally different paradigm that has nothing to do with before, it's hard to put that into the words Nishlema Torah Aliyado. So all of this, we have to, again, we have to revisit some of the earlier Makoros that we had with the Machokis, Rabbi Yehuda, and the Chachamim of Gira Nasha, and understand, according to the Rambam, why for the Chachamim it's not called an Isachamur, because you could say in some way the Torah has taken over the mitzvah, and therefore that's why it's not called an Isachamur that existed before. There are other Gemaras that have to be worked out that I did not give you in the source sheets between the Rambam and Rashi in terms of the Machokis, but I wanted to simply bring out in light of the Rav Chaim, the famous Chad Rav Chaim, that it forces us to appreciate that for the Rambam, it's not as simple as reading the Pirish of Mishnayis 
as saying that there is no connection post-Matan Torah to Tzivuyim before. Obviously, you have to see it through the lens of the other Rambams that we read in Hilchus Malachim, in terms of Bnei Noach, in terms of Nishim Torah Al-Yado, that the Tzivuyim before Matan Torah continue to function, but they function only within the framework of the Tariyag Mitzvahs of Sinai of Moshe Rabbeinu, but within that context, they could still have a certain autonomy and a certain independence with, with regard to Nafkeminas the Halacha, like Rav Chaim says, you can have a Mitzvah Yom HaShmini, that's not Doche Shabbos, that's not Tolin Tumas Leida, and so on and so forth in terms of other details as well. Thank you all for listening. Have a Shabbat Tov, a good Tavach.